Are you listening to this show hoping to get some golden nuggets to help you on your way to recovery? Well, great. I hope that you find them because that is exactly what this show is for. But if you really want to take your recovery all the way, completely commit and get on track with your goals, whether they be finally feeling overall healthy, finally getting pregnant, or finally getting back to training, you'll want to join us inside of the HA Society. Not only is this the perfect community to ask questions and get your support and the accountability that you so often need during these uphill battles with body image and understanding nutrition and incorporating exercise, but it's also a hub of exclusive resources for HAers. All of the HA podcast episodes are released in advance and completely ad-free, so you can listen on the go to the raw, unedited versions, uninterrupted. All of the one-on-one coaching calls, of which we have two a week in different time zones, are uploaded to our private podcast feed so that you can listen to events with practitioners and the past community calls as though they were bonus podcast episodes, because I know how much you love to listen to this kind of stuff. And in these calls, we cover requested topics like overcoming the weight gain fears, communicating with friends and family about our HA, diving into how HA works, and debunking the imposter syndrome that so many of us have around this diagnosis. There's also an entire resources section with lectures, workshops, and training from the past events that are hosted by experts like Sarah Liz King, Laura Lyons, Kaylee McDevitt, Holly Dunn, and many more. As a member, you also get direct access to myself and Coach Ashley in the DMs. So if you have personal questions or need individualized advice about your recovery, we're in there answering your questions in the DMs, as are all of our other members in the group who impress me week after week with how they show up for each other. It's incredible. It's like women are just all becoming mini coaches for each other. It's so good. The HA Society is really the place to be if you're going through recovery, no matter what stage you're at. Whether you have HA or you've got a few recovery periods, we have your back and we're all your new best friends. So come and meet us at thehasociety.com forward slash join. That's thehasociety.com forward slash join and the link is in the show notes for you okay on with the show hey and welcome to the hypothalamic amenorrhea podcast an adulting advice podcast production i'm danny sheriff and this is the place to come if you care about getting your period regularly this podcast aims to educate inform and keep you motivated on your period and ha recovery track let's dive in And guys, please remember that I am not a doctor and nothing on this show should be taken as medical advice. Always seek the advice of your physician. The concept of getting your period back is easy, but why is making the commitment so hard? Why does it take so long to get to a point where you're confident enough in the process to go for it? Well, for a lot of reasons. And breaking down those reasons that hold us back is one of my main missions and that is why I created the seven day HA recovery commitment challenge it's a completely free challenge that is 100% inside of email so you can start your seven days today you don't have to wait for the beginning of this challenge and each day I send you a new challenge 
complete with action items and mindset shifts to help you work through all of the key issues I see that hold us back from recovery. So topics inside of the email challenge include understanding why your period is missing, how to build solid, healthy, caloric, dense meals to ensure that you're getting the nutrition that you need, how to get your support network on board with you, not just letting your friends and family and partner know like what's happening, but actually enrolling them in to help you. Lifestyle factors that could be impacting your ability to recover. And of course, the mindset factors and shifts that you need to make along the way. The goal of this challenge is that after seven days, you'll be feeling knowledgeable, equipped, and inspired to do what you really know that you need to do to get your period back. So are you ready? Go to 7daychallenge.com. Dot hapodcast.com or head to the show notes for the link. That's seven day challenge. hapodcast.com. Hey guys, welcome back to the HA podcast. Today we're doing an episode about veganism and, you know, a smidge of vegetarianism, I suppose. I did a recovery story with a listener, Pauline. Excited for you guys to hear it. So before I jump in, what I wanted to do is both provide a few extra tips on recovering with vegetarianism and veganism, and also just a caveat, I suppose, that with this recovery story, I don't believe we touch on, you know, ensuring that the cycle that was received was is absolutely optimal. And we actually might have, and so thus you can ignore this, uh, I guess, like a disclaimer. And this disclaimer honestly applies to everyone's recovery story, right? Just because we get a period back doesn't necessarily mean we're fully, uh, our cycles are fully, fully optimized. So I just want to keep that in mind when listening that, you know, it's, that's an important part of the process too. So it's a great story. It shows it can be done. I hope that you feel really motivated if you're trying to get your period back as a vegetarian or a vegan that it can be done but just keep in mind constant vigilance (laughs) in order to make sure that it's fully working for your cycle and you're not just getting a bleed back okay so I actually posted in the AJ Society group asking for my vegan gals and vegetarian gals to tell me what worked for them So we actually have a number of girls inside of the society that are vegan, vegetarian, pescatarian. And yeah, I asked them to post their top tips and I'm going to share them with you right here because I'm not a vegetarian or a vegan. So I don't necessarily have all of the best information and resources and research that these girls have done. So tip number one was from our amazing member Elisa she said that eating all micronutrients is essential and for her when restricting she ate a lot of nuts and fats and plant-based milk proteins but hardly any carbs so you know in her disordered books her carrots were a high starch food so her keys for recovery were eating carbs like rice oats potatoes quinoa pasta and bread several times a day and being consistent during the day 
as opposed to only once a day with a whole lot of vegetables, nuts and protein concoctions. So basically, you know, stick to whole foods. Don't be overly picky with your carbs. Like make sure you're getting them in there because if you are avoiding certain foods in one place, you know, you honestly can't afford to avoid them in a bunch of other places as well. So she also says that her opinion is that the key for recovery is much more about listening to your body and actually responding to what your body asks for, as opposed to being motivated by a restrictive diet culture mindset and trying to pseudo control your life by having a certain body size or shape, whether or not you eat meat. (laughs) So that's an important one. And she says, P.S., reducing caffeine as an appetite suppressant. Our other amazing member, Petra, who also recovered, says that she increased her carb intake and added even more fats and that she used to have a salad or a cottage cheese for lunch, which she substituted with meals that actually have some calories in them. So that was huge for her. And like many others, she cut her intake of vegetables and now she's including more into her meals again because she loves them but during recovery she had to forego some vegetables to be able to fit in more calorically dense ingredients and she would just use more things like peanut butter on bread and switch to higher calorie options like milk and yogurt so obviously she was vegetarian and honestly she started to incorporate some more sweet treats so there's definitely a, a theme, you know, with all of us that we often stray towards quote unquote clean foods. And like I said before, if you're going to actively avoid one thing like meat or animal products, you need to actively include other things. Um, Erica, amazing listener, Erica sorry, amazing member Erica, said that it's funny to me that vegan vegetarian diets are presumed to be uber healthy and restrictive. Maybe if you're eating this way as a form of dieting or food control, it is, but it's so easy to gain weight when you don't have protein filling you up. Veggie burgers and fries, dairy-free ice cream, cookies, cakes, vegan mac and cheese, vegan pizzas, etc. Recovery was filled with all of these things for me. And now pregnancy too. And it's legit so fun. It's a fun little take on it. Re, she says that making sure you're getting enough fats is important. So she found that a lot of vegetable options were naturally really low in fat. So she had lots of avocados, cheese nuts, and seeds. And if your budget allows it, seeing a dietitian was really helpful for her to make sure she wasn't lacking any particular nutrients. Aye, aye to that. Katarina said that she totally agrees with Ree and that making sure that her plates are not only vegetables and legumes and that she adds carbs to every single meal and a good source of fat like olive oil or avocado was important and that she would splurge on things like almond butter or cashew nut butter And for her, making sure that she was not too strict about how much of it she could have really helped her. And Anissa, another recovered member, said that honestly, during recovery, I was a little bit mixed. 
Every week I'm eating one can of tuna or a few eggs, but generally I would recommend eating more healthy fats like coconut butter in porridge instead of milk or nut butters or olive oils and definitely focusing on carbs like rice, pasta and quinoa. She also took vitamin D, B and omega-3. So I just wanted to share a few of those tips with you guys because they're not my tips. I'm not a vegan, but I think that they're really helpful for people who are wondering, you know, am I doing enough? Am I am I eating enough? Am I restricting too much with my vegan or vegetarian diet? So with that, I hope you enjoy this story, this recovery story with Pauline. And good luck on your recovery. I'm inviting you to something really special, like really, really special. But first, let me ask you something. Are you trying to get your period back and constantly asking yourself the same questions, going back and forth on what you should be doing, wishing you had someone around you who understood what the heck HA even is and what is going on? Are you worried that your partner might explode if you say the word HA again with the acronym? You know what I mean? Then this is absolutely going to be for you. It's the HA Society, (laughs) a community for women with HA to lean on each other and gain support and knowledge about HA that's going to help them get their period back. There's a message board. It's kind of like a Facebook group board, you know, weekly community calls where we meet face to face and talk and actually connect on issues around HA. We have events with practitioners and experts for you to ask questions to learn about HA and to learn more about it than you could ever learn from just listening to some podcasts and reading some books. And we also have early access to the HA podcast episodes so you can be ahead of the game. And also, and what makes this even more special is that your group coaches, Ashley Smith and myself, are available to you for questions and support in the DMs along with any of the other members you want to connect with. Because reality is, there's a lot of ladies in there who know just as much as we do. So you get your own coaches for, you know, life. (laughs) You can come in and DM us anytime you have a question. You could check in every single week or every single day. Like, however it works for you. As a member of this group, you have all the access you need for your individual needs. So this group is different because it's not an open group. It opens once per month so that I can welcome you in and get to know you properly. And when you join, you get the opportunity to actually meet and connect with the other HAs and build those real friendships. And most importantly, not feel alone in all of this. So join the waitlist today and I will personally invite you to join when the doors open up. So either head to the link in the show notes of this episode or just go to waitlist.thasociety.com. That's waitlist.thasociety.com. Or if you would like to read and learn more about the HA Society right now, just head to thehasociety.com. Thehasociety.com. Okay.
Hey guys, and welcome back to the HA podcast. I'm excited today to bring you a bit of a different recovery story and conversation. I have Pauline. She's going to say her full name for you because I'm not German enough to say it, but (laughs) she recovered and was a vegan the whole process. And I know a lot of people are wondering this and a lot of people are in the community wanting to maintain their veganism and are being told that that's just not going to work. So um, welcome to the show, Pauline. (laughs) Hi. Yeah. So first of all, thanks uh, that I can be here. And I'm already sorry for any wrong words or wrong grammar or whatever. (laughs) And yeah, so my full name would be Pauline Peikert, (laughs) which is, yeah, not that easy for English uh, speaking people but Pauline works totally fine yeah yeah we we don't do some of those things with our tongue yeah yeah (laughs) yeah well I'm I'm excited to have you here I know a lot of people are going to be really keen to hear the breakdown of your story so can you take us to where you believe it begins and we'll go from there all right so I think I'm going to begin at the point where I started studying because that's when everything yeah, kind of started. So um, for the beginning, I'm studying sports science, still am, and I probably finish my degree next year. And when I started all of that, I set myself the goal to be really fit and really healthy and lose a lot of my body fat, which was not that much to begin with. And I was already really fit and healthy and everything was probably, yeah, right the way I did it. Um, Yeah, but I thought I need to improve even more. And shortly after I started and moved to my own flat and had like the control over everything I did basically I yeah I started calorie counting and going to the gym probably almost every day or every other day if I didn't go I went for a run and I did an exercise at home yeah and that continued like that for probably a couple of months until I realized that I didn't really get my period anymore. It was just either there was nothing or it was just spotting or yeah, really nothing heavy. Um, And yeah, I, I can remember I first thought, well, that's convenient because it's just an annoying thing to bleed every month. And then when it continued for a couple of months, I started looking it up on the internet and found some some stuff about why this could this could be or this could happen. But I didn't really came to the conclusion that I wasn't healthy. So I just I continued with my whole routine, but a little bit less intense, I think. But I still I was still under eating and still yeah, exercising way too much. And in the middle of the process, I discovered like a lot of books about nutrition, science-based nutrition. 
And I slowly started becoming vegan or probably not really slow, but <laughs> more overnight. I think that this really helped me to understand the relationship we have with food or how our bodies yeah, work with the food that we eat and how we use it. And yeah, so it definitely, definitely made me more conscious. And I think it also helped me to understand how important it is to fuel our bodies. Yeah. So last month I had my first period after HA and right now I'm waiting for my second one, but I think, yeah, it will soon <laughs> be here. I can definitely feel it. I'm really more conscious about the whole thing. That's a uh, um, yeah, whole story. Basically, you weren't, you haven't always been a vegan and you lost your period before veganism and becoming a vegan actually helped you with a lot of aspects of your recovery. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, uh, so there's this huge stigma in the space, the whole HA recovery, probably all of ED recovery, uh, that if you don't eat meat and if you try to get your period back as a vegan it's going to be really hard and maybe even impossible so mm -hmm. i assume you have heard that message before from places so yeah. what did you think of that message what was actually challenging about being a vegan if anything and what was like a misconception that you know you found with a was a valuable thing about it that other people are maybe missing yeah so I definitely heard about it and I mean whenever I read something like that or hear that people think vegans are not healthy um, or they're missing something um, it's yeah it's really hard because I mean I didn't start veganism overnight and I'm still working on like improving everything and figuring out which supplements to take or even if to take anything. And so I think it's really important to plan the diet. I mean, it doesn't matter which one you're on, but you can also be unhealthy um, when you're not vegan. So yeah, for me, it was really not a big challenge to become vegan because I was reading so much about how plants can improve our health compared to meat or dairy products. And obviously I had to include a lot more variety into my diet and add a lot more plants, a lot more sources of protein and carbs. But in the end, it wasn't really that much of a problem because I just left the meat and added some I don't know, tofu or tempeh or beans. What were the ways? Because like, oh, it's hard to get your protein in is a big one, right? In, like, <laughs> for everyone. So yeah, what were some of the things that you did to ensure that you were eating enough and getting enough of protein, carbs and fat with your vegan diet? That's the only thing which is really hard because I didn't want to go back to calorie counting because I was afraid I would go back into that bad habit when you're on a vegan diet or more like a whole food plant-based diet then it's really hard to eat a lot of calories because plants are not as calorie dense as 
dairy or meat. It was really hard, but I think I tried to incorporate a lot of grains or healthy fats and, or for example, peanut butter or almond butter and hazelnuts and seeds, which are more calorie dense. And also, um, I always try to eat a lot of a lot of carbs that are, yeah, more calorie dense. For example, not as many potatoes, but more, I don't know, pasta or bread or yeah, like, a, like that. Yeah, like gra- bread, pasta, rice. Yeah, exactly. Flour-based things. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And for the protein, yeah, I think that's in general a really big misconception that people think we don't get a lot um, enough protein on a vegan diet, but I always try to eat some legumes or beans or tofu and tempeh with my meals. Um, and also nuts contain a lot of protein in every plant in general. So I think that wasn't really, yeah, a big problem. The only thing was, as I said, to eat like it, the giant amounts of food because the plants are not as calorie dense as, yeah, processed foods or something yeah, like that. Which, which is kind of a problem that a lot of people face regardless with mm. this because we're so used to under eating. Did you supplement with anything as well? I supplement with um, B12. Yeah, and also, I have no idea what the name of that is. Um, it's like a plant-based, like a tablet with, yeah, I don't know. I, I can't explain it. It's like a hormone stabilizing um, plant, which one of my doctors um, told me that can help stabilize hormones and yeah okay. but I, I, I yeah I don't know the, the English uh word yeah. I mean everyone's like holistic nutritionist or acupuncturist or whatever is like giving them some herbal thing. yeah yeah <laughs> yeah I'm sure it makes perfect sense okay cool so how long between the time that you realized oh I have this thing H.A. First of all, how did you how did you discover that this is what you had? What was your journey there? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think I finally realized that something was wrong when I whenever I tried to exercise and I was just exhausted from basically doing nothing and I was really yeah in general not really not really energetic I wasn't happy I was always really I was in a bad mood like I don't know I didn't I didn't want to talk to anyone I just wanted to do my thing and was so focused on my I don't know my routine yeah that I realized something wasn't right and then I didn't get my period and and I just looked it up on the internet and I found a lot of a lot of different stuff yeah I mean some some people tell you yeah you have cancer and you have that and you have this disease um but I tried to figure out all the symptoms that I had and read a lot a lot of stuff and yeah this was the only conclusion which made sense for me yeah because I also talked to my gynecologist but she was like yeah try this and that and if it's not working then you just go on the pill and everything's fine yeah so I think that's 
basically how I figured everything out. Yeah. Pretty standard. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think so. <laughs> yeah. Okay, cool. And so at what point from, from discovering that to getting your first cycle, how long was that? I think it was about half a year or not even as much. Yeah. That's like six, six months. Cool. Yeah. All right. You mentioned um, protein was maybe the, the biggest misconception that people have about veganism. Mm-hmm. So what was actually challenging about recovery, especially when you're seeing so much information around like eat more meat and high quality animal products and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. How did you have to pivot and figure this out for yourself? What was hard about it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, as I said, the hardest thing was to eat like this huge amount of food. I mean, in the beginning, I was really hungry all the time. But after maybe one or two months, I felt like I can just eat like a normal person. But I knew it wasn't enough because I still hadn't got my period. And I think it was really hard to stick with really eating a lot of food and a lot of snacks. And maybe don't stop when you're when your brain says you're not hungry anymore but and also for me personally it was really hard to eat first thing in the morning um because i was at home most of the time and we have a dog and i'm usually the person who goes for walk with him like first thing in the morning and to eat before that and establish kind of a routine for that it was that was really the hardest thing for me but I think that's also the thing which made me recover really quick in the end yeah I love that you brought that up actually I reckon once every couple of weeks I get someone with the exact situation that you're talking about he's Mm -hmm. like I have to get up for work and I need to walk my dog and it's just like it's just hard for me to eat breakfast in the morning before Mm -hmm. getting this movement in yeah but it's actually I know it sounds so small, but it's so crucial. Yeah. And, you know, I think that we get to a, we get to a point where we're like, okay, I'm willing to do that, 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 and that, but I am not willing to do this, this, and this because it's, Mm -hmm. you know, it's the hardest thing. And on one hand, it makes sense. Like, sure, go for the low hanging fruit and do the things that are easiest first. But at some point you need to acknowledge that, there may be some more changes that you need to make. And that's a one of them. It's like, you need to be eating your breakfast in the morning before you take your dog out. And I know that that's hard for people, but it, you just got to do it. So what, I don't know, like, do you have advice? Was there a certain mindset? Like, what was your perspective on, okay, I have to do this, even though I really don't want to do this. Hmm. Um, so I think for me, the biggest motivation was to really get healthy again, because I, I love movement and I love doing weight training. I finally wanted to be able to do that again and know that it's not harming my body anymore, but actually doing something good for it. And yeah, I think that was just my, my own my own motivation that really made me realize how important it is to eat something maybe even before I have actual breakfast just to yeah 
let my body know that it gets enough fuel to function properly. Yeah, if that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. I mean, it's a pretty simple thing. I just want everyone to hear it from more people than just me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So let's talk a little bit about what you actually ate, because I think that that's something that people are wondering. Actual vegans are wondering, well, like, what did you eat? And <laughs> non-vegans are wondering, well, how did she make it work? So um, what did a typical day of eating in terms of like what different foods would you eat look like? Yeah. Okay. So first of all, I just want to say that I don't, I usually say that I'm whole food plant-based because it's really important for me to make sure that I don't eat a lot of processed foods, but rather whole foods and I cook myself and try to know what's inside that I eat. Um, and usually, yeah, a typical day really depended on um, whether I was at home or I was in my own flat. So when I was at home and had to walk my dog, I tried to get up and have banana, some peanut butter or like a homemade granola bar or something like that first thing. And for breakfast, I always have oatmeal with a lot of fruits seeds and nuts and some nut butter um yeah which yeah i think is a good start to the day <laughs> and then i usually have a snack in between breakfast and lunch which usually was some kind of fruit apple or an orange and also with some nut butter yeah, and then it depended. We usually have bread with avocado and um, tomato or salad or avocado on toast with tofu for lunch or dinner. And then for the other meal, um, something, something warm, like uh, maybe a curry or any kind of soup or, yeah, something, yeah, home cooked with a lot of veggies and some rice or any grain yeah so that's the typical things that I ate and I ate tons of snacks granola bars and a lot of a lot of fruit and also maybe some vegan chocolate or yeah anything like that yeah so I get what you mean now by like I ate a whole foods diet <laughs> and avoid these processed things everything you just said sounds really nutritious and that's one of like the big things that I harp on a lot to people is there's this helpful concept of like eat all of the things and yeah. you'll get your period back and it's kind of a th let's throw absolutely everything at the wall and, and something will stick like totally overshoot and you'll definitely get your period back yeah. but if we could narrow down to well, maybe if you just fill all these nutritional gaps as well as the um, as well as increase your calories to above maintenance for a while, you will also get your period back. It's just that that's a little harder for people to get yeah the education around. You usually need to work with some a professional a lot of the time if you're not as interested at doing all of the self research that you know maybe you did. That's a big thing, and it sounds like 
you ate a lot of really, a lot of variety, a lot of different healthy fats, like avocado, nuts, olive oils, and a lot of like as many different protein sources as you could in veganism. And I think that that's maybe just pretty unique. And the majority Mm -hmm. of vegans maybe struggle to have the initiative to do those things. Maybe. My question is, what's your perspective? Because I don't know a lot of vegans personally, Mm -hmm. but maybe you do. And what do you think the people who, for lack of a better term, do it wrong are doing wrong are they eating a lot of processed stuff are they not getting the variety in are they just eating like pasta and marinara sauce and that's it like what what are they doing yeah Yeah, I'm not sure I think the biggest problem is that people maybe are too lazy because Mm -hmm. as soon as you start eating vegan you have to chop up a lot of food (laughs) which is which takes a long time and it also takes a long time to cook a lot of stuff also it's always easier to go to the supermarket and buy a vegan pizza than to make one yourself maybe or i don't know cook like an actual meal with carbs proteins and fats yeah i think that's the the general problem the laziness and also that people think that you you're missing um i don't know vitamins or nutrients which is not the case if you do it properly so what would you say if you're going to go down the path of ha recovery with veganism what are some of the things that you would say they should absolutely do or supplement with or whatever like what's your advice Okay, well, definitely take B12 <laughs> um, for starters, uh, which is obvious. But um, then I think it's the best thing is to just increase your carbs. Because if you have like a plate with a giant amount of veggies and just a small spoonful of rice, it won't help you to get healthier. But instead, maybe have a little less veggies and more rice and more carbs in general because that's so important for the body and it's the main source of fuel so I think that's the biggest yeah the biggest change I made definitely yeah yeah I love that so take b12s I know it sounds obvious there might be some people who are like what even are those so why were you taking b12 Oh, um, so B12 is, um, uh, is it a vitamin? Yeah, it's a vitamin and which can be found in animal products, meat or dairy, but not, or usually not in vegan products because it's usually, uh, how was it? Like the, the, all the hygiene is too high. Like the water is too clean and it washes out all the b12 or something like that um (laughs) and the problem is that if you don't get b12 you can have like severe nerve damage and it's an essential nutrient exactly and it's also really important to build blood cells yeah so i think that's the the two main reasons to take b12 for nervous 
function and um, blood cell development. I love yeah. it. I like you're not you're not like a nutritionist or anything. I just like put you on the <laughs> So was not even expecting you to like have the answer necessarily. But yeah, it, it's like the one that comes to mind for a lot of people. I think it's super important. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I get a lot of clients who aren't vegans who just sort of like just don't eat much meat or dairy products. So even if you don't eat a lot of it, it can be helpful. If you don't eat meat every day, it can be helpful to supplement with B12. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, Yeah. and I just love like, (laughs) just go to the effort to prepare your food. Like, Mm. you know, HA recovery is hard. And if you want to put the challenge on yourself of also having a a specific type of diet, it means that you need to, work a little harder mm, yeah figure out what you can eat to get you the balance of proteins fats and carbs that you need to have to recover so yeah no i think it's i've heard you say that in an episode before where you talked about like you don't you're not necessarily healthy just because you have your period and i think that's a really big maybe problem with the all-in process that you just eat everything you can and everything sugary every i don't know ice cream and all that stuff but in the end you maybe have your period but you're not necessarily healthier yeah you've probably lost health in another area yeah Yeah, your period it's like you know your body is this big organism that, that has a lot of different functions going on and every action that you take has a reaction yeah so how however you choose to get your period back, you know, that it's not like, we always talk about how the cycle doesn't live alone in a silo by mm-hmm. itself. It has a ripple effect and it affects other parts of your health. And so does the process of recovery. So you can either choose to do it in a way that is a calorie surplus. That's full of nutrients mm-hmm. yeah. or in a way that's just calories and nothing else. And, yeah. you know, I always preface it with, there are a lot of people who need to rebuild their relationship with food and their relationship with fear foods, which is typically, you know, hi- highly processed food. So yeah. I understand that. And we should not forget the importance of our fruits and our vegetables. Definitely. <laughs> is there anything else about your journey of HA recovery with veganism that you wanted to share or get across or tell any of the other hopeful vegan and vegans listening okay what what i want to say definitely is that you should trust the process and that if you do everything you can and eat a lot of food and especially first thing in the morning um yeah that it can take time and maybe even longer than you think so i think that's really important just to stick to what you do until you finally recover amazing (laughs) with it i think what i like most about this conversation is actually how not totally different it is to go through it with veganism there are just some things you need to focus on a little harder and that's kind of the moral of the story yeah (laughs) you where can people find you and reach out if they have more questions or want some more information? You can find me on Instagram. Um, just Pauline and then P-K-R-T. So 
in total, it's P-A-U-L-I-N-E-P-K-R-T. <laughs> I'll put it in the show notes. I always do. So people can yeah. just go in there and click and, and find it. So yeah, awesome. awesome. Thank you so much for joining me today and sharing your story on this. I hope it was helpful for other people listening. Yeah, thanks for having me. Definitely. Really nice. <laughs> You're welcome. Yeah, I'll see you guys next week. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening today, guys. Please subscribe to the podcast. And if you could head to iTunes specifically and leave a rating or review, that would help so much because it makes it easier for other people with HA who are Googling around to find the podcast really easily. So if you do that, you're doing a service to all of the women.